0: A rap pod from the mean streets of Western San Jose Northwest uh north by Northwest downtown adjacent <laughs> downtown adjacent <laughs> the rose
1: garden okay okay yeah, I don't really I don't know if it has a side
0: it's like no a s- you guys are claim a side over San here San Jose that just, I know. There's no ring to that. I know. He's claimed the rose garden. <laughs> it's hard, dog. It's hard, RG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll work on a nickname for for Nate's neighborhood. Uh, my name is Damone Carter. I think we can call it the neighborhood. Nice. The neighborhood. No, the neighborhood. <laughs> the neighborhood. <laughs> Damn it. Dad bod level twenty four achieved. Pun. Big pun over here. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that's what we're on man we're out here um it's another a beautiful episode. day it's a beautiful gorgeous day. uh global warming has its its upsides <laughs> in the neighborhood this we all guy.
2: know that's fake man come
0: on <laughs> just kidding this guy uh what's oh global warming is fake yeah yeah no. just check. yeah just absolutely joking. yeah because <laughs> it got cold once <laughs> yeah <Duh. laughs> fake news uh dad about a rap pod episode something something i am one of your hosts Jamal carter aka dim one i am joined by the man the myth the legend mr nate neighborhood leblanc what's happening
3: i'm good how are you guys doing well man uh monday you know
0: yeah yeah i do (laughs) yeah yeah it's a it's a thing uh also here with us is You know, the man with the master plan, Mr. David Ma. How's it going? Hey,
3: really good to be here, guys. Um quickly uh happy 27th
0: to low-end theory
2: oh yeah man. so yeah. I mean, awesome i feel yeah. like
3: i feel like these like hip hop celebration like sort of um birthdays are getting a bit too much but that one deserves it that it's one funny to
1: like it. go hard on the 27th anniversary <laughs> <you> know <laughs> i know, what I, mean? I, know I know but do, are, do your blowout <laughs> retrospective interview ron carter <laughs> you know just like go all the way for the did 27th guys, totally. did you
0: see that pic of uh, of q-tip and dr dre yeah is was Q-tip it taken wearing, at the gym? Yeah, is Q-Tip wearing shoulder pads?
3: Oh, that's that's what those tweets Shit were about. Was I was mad-Ock, He did
1: not miss shoulder day. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That's a thing at the gym. Yeah. Okay, I did
3: not see it. Are they yeah, they both
1: look swollen. They both look like they're about... Thirty-two years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. Um, they seriously. they're each holding each other's albums, so people are doing like the what's the best album in this uh, picture. He's uh, Q Tip is holding two thousand one in the Chronic, and Dre is holding Low End and Midnight Marauders. So okay. for me, the best album of that bunch would be Midnight Marauders because that's the best album ever made. So <laughs> you could put anyone in that picture, and that okay. would be my choice. <laughs> okay. What about you guys?
0: Um, yeah, that's that's a tough. I mean, that's I think a a, of the Tribe catalog, and maybe we'll we'll do a deep dive on this one day, but. I I do lean slightly toward Marauders. Um, I love I love Low End Theory. I think it was like the beginning of a mm-hmm. of a particular sound aesthetic that really changed the game. But I thought they kind of like perfected it on on Midnight Marauders. And I just like
1: it better. I think you could make an argument that Low End is the better album, hmm. like technically. Hmm. Hmm. But I, Midnight Marauders, I just yeah. fucking love it. Yeah, so I
3: much. think I like the songs on Midnight Marauders more. But yeah. I, I I think. Low end Theory might be a bit more impactful. I was like, Fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You know? <laughs> yeah. No, the whole Ew. universe opened up on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, classic albums turning 27 because that's where we're at now. We're that fucking granular. Jesus. I'm just like, you know what? Sometimes Shaheem's second album doesn't need a, a commemorative. <laughs> yeah, like to your point, Dave, I, I think we're we're a little too far yeah. um, down that road. Speaking of like dredging up. If patterns.
1: you follow – I'm sorry to cut, yeah. cut you off, but if you follow rock Twitter, are they like, on day, on this day, Def Leppard <laughs> came out with – Of course not. Dude. Whatever a Def Leppard album is called. Does he have Def <laughs> Leppard
3: jokes in here? Uh, is that going down? I'm waiting for that James Taylor uh, retrospective. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Sweet Baby James is this old now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little it, bit weird. Is it a weird. rap thing? It um, seems like a rap thing. It feels like a rap thing, and it feels like um, this – Almost like what I call fake classic. Yeah. Right? Totally. Like, like, some things are classic and some things are just old. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Like, some of this shit is yeah. not really uh, memorable. And you it's know
3: clickbaity, I mean? too. Yes. It's like, you know, yeah. th- this album's like two years old, dog. Right. It, yeah. f- it felt like it came out last February.
0: On this Still date,
1: Yandi was released. <laughs> totally. it's, a, it's the best mini disc of the year. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really one of those things where I applaud whoever made the spreadsheet um, <laughs> with everything ever made, but yeah. It's just kind of like this um, kind of like rap porn. I, I see a lot of it on, on Instagram, too, where, right. mm-hmm. where There's people a couple will accounts. post like a basic-ass album. Oh, like, t- oh. Here's Bob James. Yeah, totally. Right. totally. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. bruh.
3: <laughs> well, dude, the worst is when it's like, oh, here's Bob James and some chick with tits. <laughs> you know, and then it's like three billion likes. Okay. What account yeah. is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we doing it wrong, apparently. don't know a private account, guys. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't. We've never figured out how to do a DBRP Instagram. Maybe that's something we can work on on our hiatus coming up over the holidays. Yeah.
0: yeah. We, we have the images
1: sometime. now. We just need to, like, post them, get people to like it, think of witty captions. There's different headshots, don't what Yeah. Uh, one, one, one image per week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all about the angles, Nate. Angles and filters, my man. Uh, we're just going to go through each of your shoes for every, <laughs> every, every step tells week. a
1: story, my friend Yes, indeed <laughs> The it, indeed story it is I couldn't afford this when I was a little kid And I can now Okay, oh, <laughs> okay.
0: totally Wiling out Pretty yeah. much Yeah, I, after hanging out with you I have been more conscious of like what's on my feet Because Nate silently judges you Oh, by, of course By your shoes It's not that silent <laughs> <laughs> So I've been a little more conscious But my thing is like I don't wanna make a, a a huge jump and wear something really cool that conveys that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I just wanna be like low key enough to where it's like I'm I'm not a bum. A I don't full have one
1: adult man who knows how to dress himself starting bit. from the <laughs> feet
0: up. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. But it's it's tough because, you know, when you work in quasi professional Settings and shit You know what I mean There's a whole thing Of work
1: sneaks We could talk sometime I have have my work sneaks Okay And then your your actual Like leather shoes That you need If you have an important meeting Like like, on your sport coat day Right You need real shoes Right On a normal day You can get away With some work sneaks Like a cream sole Or a white sole With like a Like a leather top With a not white lace Like there's a whole Science to the work sneak
0: Nate is sick (laughs) 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 Nate needs help And if you guys could help him Dave is just like Black on black on black Black on black dude. Yeah. Um, for, for real, okay. for <laughs> yeah. that's gonna uh, be him on uh, his it's wedding it's day. Weinhausian <laughs> <laughs>
3: Steve Jobs, um, turtleneck. Yeah, you know totally. What I'm
1: yeah,
0: Off one less
3: thing to think about.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. So you guys, hip hop, uh, is is aging rapidly, decaying, you might say, in some ways. <laughs> um, but one thing that I think is is growing, um, and getting more interesting with time is beats. I I remember. Um, when was the first kind of instrumental hip hop real thing? Real go at instrumental hip hop. Like, what was that first look for you? It's like? got to be Shadow.
1: That definitely.
3: There, there the was game. stuff before Shadow. Oh King, no, no, right? of course, yeah. so of course. But yeah. I'm
0: talking about instrumental in
3: terms of like. You I'm know, trying concentration to think if I owned uh, instrumental Honda and Honda
0: have some stuff before that. Yeah,
3: but you know, like a lot of instrumentals in that in those terms were more like rapless beats. You right. know what I mean? Right, like right, in terms right. of sh- like Shadow, where like there's a narrative that's. Then you know that's told through the samples, you know what okay. I mean? It, it's okay.
1: kind of like number of switch ups or amount of right. switch totally. ups, movements. right? It's like yeah.
0: it's more than two movements, right? Yeah, it's not okay. like a primo instrumental, gotcha. You know you. know I mean, Got you. Yeah, I remember early in the game, I was just like, yeah, I don't know if a hip hop beat's that fucking interesting, yeah, uh, a yeah. kind of listen to. And you're right, I think Shadow um, introduced a new level of kind of complexity, in but I can lyrics. vibe
1: out to beats whether they were made to be wrapped on or these like what we call now of like the genre of instrumental hip hop kind of any time, but, but it's background. Right. Right. It's great background. Like I I have a whole like parts of my life. I need background music for, Mm -hmm. and that's the perfect one for a lot of it. But now we're even like many steps further than that Where uh, They call it like, YouTube lofi instrumental okay, hip hop where it's which, like
0: yeah so fucking boring. <laughs> which my favorite uh, coffee shop in South San Jose, I won't say the name to not offend my other coffee shop girlfriends, um, <laughs> but yeah, dude plays like this this YouTube um, instrumental lofi loop, and he's not a hip hop guy. No. I'm like, it's, it is kinda, that
1: is kind of coffee shopish music yeah, though. It's like it this is.
0: faux Dilla kind of right. wavy right. Um, beats and, and such. So it's kind of like we've come we've come a long way and of course there's there's always that regression um but there's just a lot of interesting artists to where sometimes i'm like not sometimes more often than not now i'm like this is great cuz there's no words on it right like, oh, the only thing that could fuck this up would be would be fucking words right. i'm
1: such a word person if there's words i have to pay attention to them yeah. and like dissect them mm-hmm. and just like think about them and the choices that were made and what does it mean so it's really nice to like vibe out Yeah. And there's no words. Totally. And it's not like a jazz thing where it's like I'm also now tripping on the like the solo Mm -hmm. with the the Mm -hmm. order of it and the crazy shifts in tone. It's just right. Placid, Mm -hmm. lovely, like beats. I love
2: beats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it depends, though, I guess, because because I look at the introducing record, which I, I was trying to listen to as background the other day. And it actually doesn't work. That's like, a little it, uh, yeah, right, busy. Right, right. yeah, it, right. it says it's like, hey, listen to this. Yeah, like it yeah. really it really stands out. And so, you know, I think there was shadow and then there was a lot of stuff trying to uh to imitate that, which I don't know um if that a lot of that worked. Mm. Um but then you know, I think to Nate's point, and maybe mm. it was the early two thousands, there became like this vibey. Right um right. instrumental era, definitely, you know, obviously influenced by Tribe and, mm-hmm. and Jay Dilla and the like. Um and I feel like that has been kind of the enduring thing. It's like there's this new um texture for coffee shops, um and yeah. and just kind of background music Muzak did you guys listen to uh, any
1: G-Stoned stuff? Like uh, Kruder and Dorfmeister were like the the main guys. And like um, they had a band called Peace Orchestra. Or not a band, a group or like a grouping of what they did. And then uh, they had this other uh, artist on their label, which is probably an alias of theirs now that I'm thinking about it, called Walkner and Mostel hmm. that I used to be really into. Mm. That was like this very textural like, it would be in the electronics section yeah, of the yeah. record store, not the hip-hop section. But at the end of the day, they're hip-hop beats. Like, it's all based you know, in the you programming know I, styles. I, I, of, I
0: hated, uh, as working in the record store during that time, I hated the trip-hop Oh man, um, You didn't label. like that moniker? I really didn't like the moniker. And I didn't like a lot of stuff that was fell into that. Right. But I'm just like... You know yeah yeah it's it's, it's hip hop guys like i felt like trip hop was like so the raver kids didn't have to be scared right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but sorry, uh, that. but that was like the best room at the rave right it's like the chill room <laughs>
3: oh it kind of depends guys yeah, yeah. Um, i'm just a chill
1: person though <laughs> depends yeah. what what time of night it is uh, <laughs> <laughs> early and late you could go to the chill room
0: yeah so there's there's been a lot of uh, a lot of different permutations of, of instrumental hip-hop. Mm. We are uh, fortunate enough to be able to talk to somebody who's made some you know great contributions to the genre, and that would be uh, Blockhead from New York. Um, you know, probably most famous for his work with Aesop, but has right. done a, um, just a lot of instrumental stuff. I'll have to plead ignorance and, and say that I was just listening to um, his joint from 2017, not the Balloons one. I think it's something like killed the samples or something mm-hmm. where it was like I'm like oh shit people still do this yeah like I, I thought <laughs> I thought that um the the super heavy sample uh thing was a thing of the past but mm-hmm. apparently, but apparently not and it's it's pretty dope
3: you're a fan right Dave A uh, Blackhead yeah, yeah big fan big fan I uh, yeah. definitely um got on board like during the Aesop Rock early stuff where he it's like what beat is this what beat is this oh they're all by this guy named Blackhead right you know and um yeah big fan and I sort of like his rise that um, coincided with you know Def Jux and all that too. So I mean, um, I, however, I I definitely have not peeped his like recent recent stuff. So curious to talk to him a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I love music by Cave Light, which was his mm-hmm. first record. It was actually on Ninja Tune, but he was also doing a lot of the Def Jux stuff mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, I like the fact that he's named after a side character on Gumby.
2: Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so it's not the expletive from Charlie Brown. Then. We got to ask him that. that that's interesting because
0: they oh, were the blackheads yeah. yeah, on totally. Gumby. Right. All right, Lucy. You to come out with blockhead because that's the Settle come this here for, for us once for all absolutely nice absolutely so where obscure
1: um, reference are you
0: referencing We're those guys <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for the first interview where the where the person's like dude really like come on you nerds I feel like in their head they've been saying that about every question every time okay. <laughs> <laughs> mean maybe, maybe fair fair um, so where we're you know we're pleased to have uh, blockhead on the program and check it out interview with blockhead.
3: welcome.
4: Um, Thank you for having me.
3: Yo, man, I just wanted to, you know, uh, quickly talk about sort of your beginning, because it was sort of my introduction to you as well. Um, How did you link up with Aesop Rock and sort of, you know, uh, what were your thoughts in terms of what was your ethos in beat making at that time?
4: Uh, Well, I met Aesop in my freshman year of college, and at at that point I had just gotten my sampler. Like, I actually, I, I actually think I got it the over the christmas break of my first year of college hmm. so i was i was like freshly 18 and uh and i met Aesop in the second half of the year and then we kind of hit it off because we were both like uh hip hop nerds mm-hmm. and um so i uh, like production wise i didn't really have a sound at that point I, mm-hmm. I i was just trying to learn how to use the machine and okay. um but so he and i kind of stayed in touch after that and, uh, and basically just like, cause I dropped out after that year and he stayed, he stayed and, uh, graduated, but he would come to New York and, uh, and hang out. And then one summer he stayed with me and we both, and he got the same sampler as me. Hmm. Uh, and we both kind of were making beats at the same time, but, uh, I, I wouldn't say, I, I, I kind of feel like I didn't really have a, that was like 95 maybe. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. 90, okay.
4: Not like early 95.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
4: uh, and I don't, I wouldn't say I didn't really have a, a sound mm. until like maybe 98.
3: Well, so sort of on that tip. Like, um, what were some producers who you looked up to?
4: Uh, well, you know, it's honestly like I've always, I mean, there, there's some producers that like, I definitely took, took ideas from as far as like, I always viewed beat making as something that you, you, you do layers, you know, it's not just a Mm, drum in a loop. And like, like, so I, I definitely took from like, like Prince Paul and, uh, um, like, uh, Diamond D and, uh, Pete Rock and stuff like that. And, uh, and Black Sheep's first album was, and and mm. Farside's first album were both hugely influential on I me mean, production wise,
2: because
4: mm. they they were just taking these samples from different songs and putting them together and making it sound, you know, like mm-hmm. it, you know it was meant to be. <laughs> so I always, even though, like the first beats I made, I was doing that. Like the very, I, I started off doing that. But um, yeah, like I think that like, but the, but really like you know my my influences are more just an era of growing up than than. A specific person you know, i never like modeled myself after anyone in particular
0: so what what is your approach to to finding samples because you're like you mentioned you, your stuff's kind of layered very dense do you have a particular approach or do you just kind of grab that stuff and, and make it
2: work
4: uh i i mean I, it's trial and error man you just kind of sit there and and, and go through samples you know mm-hmm. like and, and hopefully something catches your ear and then that becomes the foundation of the beat and you just build off that and like oftentimes like i'll, I'll find something that that I think it's a foundation and I'll find another sample that I kind of like more that works with it. So it will kind of, you know, change the, the, the dynamic of the beat entirely. Has, and, it, uh, has that been a well, challenge,
0: though, to, to work off of? Because not a lot of producers are able to still do that. And we were listening to some uh, of our newer stuff, I mean, and it's still, yeah.
4: I mean, the only, thing, the only thing producers are shy away from sampling is because it's it's like illegal. <laughs> <laughs> just but, that. But I think like you know. But as far as like layer, it's never been easier to layer samples. I mean, in Ableton, you can just do it in your sleep. It's it's. Uh, in fact, like when I started, you know, I didn't use Ableton until probably 2007 or eight to make to make my beats. And like before that, I was doing it all on on uh, on ASR 10. And so the mm-hmm. layering was actually like a real skill. Mm-hmm. Like you had to make things work. Whereas on Ableton, you can just kind of it's just a, you know all you have to do is have. You know, know, know what's in key you know
2: <laughs>
4: and uh so so I, I would say I mean like if people are not doing that out of difficulty I'd say they shouldn't be making music
1: <laughs> <laughs> um cool so we understand you're heading out on tour mm-hmm. um how do you perform your music these days like what's the setup and like do you do kind of a career spanning thing or are you playing something off a specific project like kind of what's the show these days
4: uh, the show is a bit, So I, I do a laptop show with like a trigger, a launcher. And I basically like it's like throwing all of my albums in a blender mm. and then adding on other things, you know, little like acapellas here and there or like just rent. like it's kind of it's it gets kind of like cheeky at times. Like it's kind of funny at times. It, it's more upbeat than my 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 actual albums because okay. mm. I've done those sets where you're just playing, you know, 70 BPM slow songs <laughs> for crowds and. it's just like it's just boring you know it's not fun (laughs) so so, uh i mean it's not like you know i'm not doing four to the floor techno or anything but like it's uh, you know it's 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 a a slightly slightly sped up version of my own music and uh yeah so i'm just basically like everything is a little clip like i have like there's a million drum kits there's a million horn sounds and i just kind of uh sequence live and uh and do and remix everything like you'll hear like Three of my songs from separate, separate albums blended together oh, wow. into into something different. Oh. Uh, so for someone who's like aware of my music, it's a pretty cool thing because they they're like, oh my, it's like you know, they're like, oh, what's that? What's that? You know. Mm, right. I mean, if you haven't, if you if you are not familiar with my music, then you are probably be more drawn to like whatever acapella I am throwing on there at the time, or right. or uh, you know, or the You know, it still sets a mood, but um, but it's definitely like a, a very referential set. You know,
1: cool. That sounds awesome. Um, this is kind of a weird question, but I th- think you can roll with us on this. Do you think uh? <laughs> over time and I, I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but I feel like it's almost a crutch of critics to describe instrumental hip hop as being cinematic.
4: And like, do you, do you have uh, yeah. thoughts on that? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's, it's just what, you know, it's just going to be what it is. Cause like it is, it's just like a mode of music. It doesn't have words. <laughs> so right, it's just right. going to be like, it, it, it's lazy. I mean, it's lazy. Like how every genre has a lazy, right. you know, adjective to describe it. But, uh, it, I mean, you know, it's, it could be worse, you know? Like, sure, <laughs> sure. Cinematic. At least it's a good
1: thing to fall back on. Because right, uh, right. we were listening to some of your stuff and to, to do research today, and I'm like, oh, it's so cinematic. Like, <laughs> ah, I was realizing I'm falling oh, yeah. into
4: the bag immediately. Do I've anymore. been getting that forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, the cinematic stamp. But, right. it's, you know, it's also, like, it's funny, though. I'll, I'll, I've seen, like, reviews of things where it says, it, where it says something cin- cinematic. And then I listen to it. I'll be like, "This isn't cinematic. This, is a, this isn't cin- cinematic. This is instrumental. It's like, it's melodic. Right. <laughs> but it's not, you know, I wouldn't want to watch a movie with it. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it it depends. You know, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I also don't really pay that much mind to to you know critic, critical critical write ups or you know like uh like blogs that you know you know like uh, like blogs that just take your your liner notes and put them in there. Right. This <laughs> you know, is just like you know it's a uh, the press release, you know. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Hey man, um through the years, I mean, you've done some pretty cool uh remixes uh Cool Compete, uh Dell, oh, yeah. um Her Space Holiday, um this kid named Emancipator who I'm a big fan of. Um what what's Blockhead's approach to the remix?
4: Well, honestly like well depending so if it's a rap song, I just I entirely scrap the beat and just make a new right. beat, and that's pretty easy. Yeah. Uh if it's an instrumental song, that's like something I never thought I would do because I didn't, you know, I'm, I don't even really even listen to a lot of instrumental music, to be honest with you. Mm, so like, mm. so so when when remixing it, I just I basically just take one or two instruments, edit them, and then make an entire new beat around them. Okay. Because uh, I mean, ideally, I don't want it to sound like anything, but I don't want it to sound like the other thing. Like I'm not going to just change the drums and add like a vocal sample on it or something. Right. I want to. I want it to be its own beat entirely.
3: Um, of your remixes, um, is there one that sort of stands out where you're like, man, I really liked how this one turned out?
4: Uh, well, there's one. Hmm. uh i'm trying to think i mean there have been a bunch i was really happy with but but there's a really old one i did of a regina specter song and uh and uh and and it was it was uh, it was like offered to me like here do you want to remix a regina specter song and i and i sent it to the label and they rejected it but i put it out anyway (laughs) oh cool but uh so i made I, i took i forget what this uh i forget off the top of my head what the name of the song is but but I had never heard the original. I only had the vocals and the BPM. Oh. So I made the beat entirely blind of what it was supposed to sound like. And it came out really well. Oh, Fidelity. The name of the song is Fidelity. Okay. okay. And uh, so I'd never heard Fidelity. And then, and, and you know, it worked in my mind. It worked like the way everything laid out. And then turns out, like I laid out the vocals on, a, on the wrong measure. <laughs> so like it gave it a totally different feel, but I kind of, I, I like how it turned out. So like, if you go to uh, in, like, like YouTube and like read the comments. Like half the people are like, oh, "I love this," and the other people are like, "He fucked up the he up the measures." And <laughs> I really am mad, about it. but like I like how that one came out a lot, and I like re- I like remixing singers a lot, and I like because it's uh, with the with the pitch, it's a lot more fun to play with. Like I did a whole run of uh on, on SoundCloud, I, I took them down, but I did a whole run of uh remixing pop songs oh. to uh to to make them kind of interesting blockhead beats.
0: <laughs> oh dude, that's
4: cool, and though. I love doing that.
0: Dope. Dope. speaking of a uh, critical fan reaction you're you're pretty active in the twitter space oh yeah um <laughs> can can you talk a little bit about what, what we affectionately call rap twitter and kind of um how, what's your approach to kind of getting in the discourse in that space as an
4: artist uh well i, I you know i feel like i'm on the outskirts of rap twitter because i'm not a rapper mm-hmm. and a lot of my fans are not i mean i have a lot of rap fans obviously but uh but like the couple, the, the only times ever been a problem for me is when I get retweeted by a rap person, and then the rat, then rap comes in, and then I got to deal with a bunch of idiots. Like like I mean like I, I made this, the, the the biggest kickback I ever got was uh, I once I forget the tweet I I wrote a tweet com- comparing close-minded old rap purists to to uh, Donald Trump voters. Ooh. Just just <laughs> but being like you know like in the same way. They like Donald Trump, the voters that you'd like refuse to like change. And they refuse to, you know, they're stuck in the mud and did it. That's what old school, like guys who are like, I only listen to music from 92 and before. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, then then you're, then you're just, you're just stuck. And so, so rap Twitter got a hold of that and was like, it was a million, like, like, who the fuck do you think you are? And like, people just missed my (laughs) point. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't dissing old school rap, but I'm an old school rap guy. Like, yeah, that's me. I am, I'm 40 one years old like i that is my generation but uh but i'm also a person that likes some new rap right. you know? right. and uh, and likes and likes uh and, and and likes the evolution of style as it's gone and i don't like shake my fist at clouds you know right and right. uh and uh, and but that but ra- that was an example like i got like like 800 retweets on it and i got like a thousand comments on it. you got ratioed <laughs> I, I got i got ratioed but it was a lot and a lot of it was like like stupid white boy <laughs> <laughs> but but i think it was wow. the fact that i, I it was it was kind of people just not really understanding what i was saying because i was like yeah I'm, I'm not like the thing i'm dissing you're standing up for the thing and i i'm not dissing the thing you're standing up for right. i'm right. saying i'm i'm specifically talking about like a neckbeard 40 43 year old white guy <laughs> who's like who hates anything that sounds like with a like, trappy you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> Totally. <laughs> you That's know hilarious. and uh but I couldn't explain it. So I, you know, what am I going to do? Answer everyone? So I muted everyone. Yeah, <laughs> smart, well, well played. I, I blocked and muted everyone. I was like, yeah. So, so but yeah, what, I, I, what, I try not to argue.
0: What, what are the the new things you mentioned a little bit about not being kind of the the dinosaur? What What are some of the new the new things that you're listening to in the in the rap genre? Uh, I mean, it's.
4: I, I mean, I, I I like like I like. Hmm, I'm trying to think. I have to like open my iTunes and, <laughs> and look at it. Well, like I mean, listen, I, like I like a lot of rap that like new rap that that sounds like it could have been made by by older rappers but you know there's Mm -hmm. a newer like like open mic eagle eagle is a good example Mm -hmm. like of a guy who's you know he doesn't sound anything like old rap right but he's he's also i mean it's it's, for me it's just about like you got to be kind of clever yeah you know there's there's a cleverness to it that that is that's that's why i don't like there's a lot of new rap that i hate you know because it's just not clever to me it's just like Mm. dumb like i like uh uh, like I like ASAP Ferg. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I think ASAP Ferg makes good songs. Uh I'm just going through my thing right now. Uh I like some Denzel Curry. I like yeah. this guy um Vic Spencer. I like yeah. uh uh I like Gunplay a lot. I like J Rock. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like Ka M- is probably my favorite rapper mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. yeah. And, right uh, now. We're just talking about him. And he's the he's the best. And Quelle Chris and like I I mean like I I've always been drawn to kind of weird weirder guys mm-hmm. but there's a lot of like good you know just like kind of create oh this dude spark master tape is one of my favorites and like he hasn't made anything that great in a while but like his first two tapes and he does this whole voice adjust- he's a perfect example of something that like old school rap fans will hate it's like he- <laughs> his beats are, are like samples with with uh like dope samples with kind of trappy drums and he lowers his voice so it sounds like uh i don't know like like uh who's that the alias that um captain
0: Oh, Captain uh, Murphy. Oh, yeah, gonna, Murphy, Captain Murphy, Murphy, the Flying I mean, Lotus it. thing.
4: Yeah, yeah, Flying Like, he did it, I think he did it before, around the time, I, you know, there's no biting going on there. Interesting. But, uh, but, uh, but, but Sparkmaster Tape, like, and he's he's actually a good rapper, but he also can do simplistic shit, and his production's incredible. Hmm. But, okay. but you gotta go to his old, like, if you go, go back to the older stuff first, because it, it kind of, you know, you gotta work your way up there, because it's a whole... He's got a whole game plan and it's kind of it's really impressive like the overview of his of his music yeah. is, is very impressive.
1: That's cool man that's mm-hmm. like something that's going to be totally new to me I'm definitely going to look that up. Uh, well, um, hopefully,
4: hopefully you won't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: blame
1: you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on Twitter. So we we've got a question we ask every producer that we've had on and I'm kind of trying to gather them and think about this more holistically and it's it's essentially this do you think that the ease of access to technology and like the way that things, production methods are changing is fundamentally making music better
4: or worse. Uh, well, I think in the right hands, it makes it better. Right. And then I think the biggest problem is oversaturation and, and there's no, uh, gatekeepers anymore. Right. Mm. And, uh, and on one hand, like I do like that anyone can make music and that, and that because of that, a lot of new artists have come out who probably would never have come out prior to that. Right. So, but that said, like, not everyone's a producer, not everyone's a rapper. And like, you gotta, there's gotta be someone being like, nah, right. <laughs> you you can't do this anymore. <laughs> so, so but, but, you know, I mean, in, in overall, like, I think it, it, it does benefit the music in some way because it is just getting, you know, it sounds professional. Like I remember, like I used to do this thing on my blog where I'd review demos and, mm. uh, and, um, the demo they'd be terrible and like it sound terrible and I'd be like how is, how can it sound this bad and like I feel like that and no I mean like the quality of, like right. the actual recording sure. quality of it yeah and uh, and and nowadays like I feel you like get tape hiss
1: on your computer yeah yeah exactly <laughs>
4: yeah, like you're recording this on on something so like the beat sounds like shit how's that possible but uh but now I feel like that's not a thing anymore like people generally the quality of things is higher I mean a lot of it has to do with like preset drums that are just made to sound good so like right. anyone can do use them but but it's just like it's it's kind of eliminating a lot of garbage <laughs> in, the, in the <laughs> but uh but yeah it's i don't know it, it's good and bad like 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 the internet right it's good and bad right. you know?
3: hey man we um uh, me and the fellows um were discussing this earlier what's the origin of your moniker is it gumby um,
4: just, <laughs> my head <laughs> Thank you. This interview is over. <laughs> yeah. uh, when, I young, when I was younger, I had a much. I mean, now it's more like an oval, but like when I was younger, I had a, I had a square, I had a square head. <laughs> so I. I oh the Best a possible first. answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was back in the, the era, the era of disparaging rap names, and and I that was my rap name.
0: Wow, was your rap name was black. So you just cut him off at the pass. You're like, don't <laughs> yes. even, yeah, don't yeah, come yeah. for yeah.
4: me. Oh. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> that is so, so dope. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears here, and hopefully the guys won't jump me. But you're also like an NBA fan too, from following your oh Twitter. yes,
4: I'm a huge huge NBA fan.
0: What, what what's your squad? Who are you? Who are you? I mean, repping? I'm a Knicks
4: fan,
1: but
0: oh, I mean, whatever. Do so you bad. have a team you
1: watch <laughs> so that you can enjoy basketball?
4: Or, uh, hey, know, nowadays, I play fantasy basketball. Well, not nowadays. I've been doing it for 20 years, but but like 14 years or something. But uh, but I I nowadays like I because the Knicks have been so bad for so long. And I still watch Knicks games, obviously, but uh My like, condolences. I, I, fantasy <laughs> basketball it keeps me in the season.
0: Okay. You know? Cause,
4: okay, because it's and, and I and it keeps me in the seasonal level that's almost unhealthy.
2: <laughs>
4: like I, I, I know can... the ninth man off every bench. Right. You know, like, like I, I'm, I got you know.
2: Yeah,
0: you're going My Lance, ninth. Lance Stevenson. You're you're already scouting who his production is this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
4: Well, did you see? I posted something about that today. The uh, the, the the Lakers posted a picture with Lance Stevenson, Javale McGee, uh, <gasps> Rondo, and Beasley together. And I was wow, like, wow. I was, I was, yeah, I was the all washed team. the the all problematic team. <laughs> yeah. I and the only thing they're missing I, I said the only thing they're missing is the Marcus Cousins. It'd be like hey. the perfect oh, although man. Cousins is good, but like, you know, this, it'd be funny to have those five yeah, on the same just team Just brawling every night in the locker yeah. room.
1: Uh, didn't the or Knicks like- get uh Mario His Yes. They okay. Did. That, he could actually contribute. I don't yeah. know.
4: Oh, on the Knicks, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could contribute like, on the Knicks. As as, come on. He's come on. probably as good as Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, shit. right? Yeah. <laughs> not? not a huge contract
1: to fuck it all up, but yeah.
4: Anyway. No, they got a good. Con- I actually think that, that that's a smart deal to give him a chance and and just kind of let him loose while Przingis is is it hurt because like the Knicks have nothing to lose. Like like they yeah. should get they should gun for the worst season of all time. Get, okay. Get Zion Williamson. Yep. And then that's it. And then he's he got It's so for fun Zingas to watch, man. I'm going to watch th- some
1: college basketball this year so oh, I can yeah. watch him play. And it, apparently, he's the second best player on Duke. There's a right, yeah. There's some guy or whatever is actually a better player, but Zion is just crazy the way he can move at his
4: size. I I wonder. Yeah, he can't shoot at all, can he? Or he's, his shot is very suspect. Right?
1: Every once in a while, they'll show him making one in practice. I think just to kind of keep the narrative going that it's in <laughs> yeah. his arsenal, but no, <laughs> that's not his game.
4: But he's like he's like he's like a he's like a like a. Six foot seven, shack Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's or like Fat
1: Sean Kemp, but
4: in yeah. good shape. <laughs> yeah, like super. Yeah, he can, but he can jump like as high or higher than Chuck. Totally, right? like it's he, crazy. Fat yeah, he's, Sean he's,
0: Kemp, that's my new rap name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fat, fat Sean Kemp, actually, you yeah, guys about
4: to say? That's a good oh, thing.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm running with that. Um, we, we really appreciate you making the time to uh, chat with us. Is there something in in closing that you want to let the fans know about coming up from Blockhead?
4: Well, uh, I'm well, I'm going on tour in the fall with Yippa and Arms and Sleepers, a uh, U.S. tour and U.S. Oh, North America tour like to say, and uh, that starts in October. Nice. So you can go to my Facebook page or my, or you can go to whatever wherever you find out about tours. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then I, I I'm just finishing mixing up a, a compilation album called uh, Free Sweatpants. And it's uh, and it's it's got a bunch of rappers on it, and it's got some instrumentals. And in, uh, Backwoods, who put out my last album, is going to put that out, and that nice. should be out. Hopefully, I mean, I, I, I haven't turned it in yet, but I'm hope, hoping by December or January. Yeah,
0: right dope, on, man. Dope. Well, we'll definitely keep a lookout for that. You know, keep us in mind when you're when you're uh, promoting the free sweatpants. I'm interested. <laughs> oh, yeah. sure, sure. I'm sure. an XL. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it.
4: No doubt, no doubt. My pleasure. All right, good to talk to you. Thanks, man. All right, take care, guys. Later. Bye bye.
0: like them. I like them. I prefer the golden beets
1: because it doesn't get all over my hands <laughs> and, like, fuck up the sink when I'm doing the dishes, but I do love beets.
0: Beets, uh, one time I ordered what I thought was pea soup, and they brought out beet soup, which is fucking cold. Ooh. <laughs> and oh, that way. was the shock of my fucking life. Like... <laughs> Off top, is it soup if it's cold? Like, right. come on, bruh! Like, right. hot, yeah. hot beats only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too easy. I'm, I'm here for the hot beats. You know, uh, Dre. Speaking of beats, Dre uh, with his infernal headphones, um, he actually like I don't know what it is. Copyrighted, trademark beats. The so, term beats, so, so my, we can't even really be talking about uh, this right now. Not really. I'm even, getting sued right now. Uh, can't, you, can't even eat them. Yeah. <laughs> so my guy, him Boogie, um, he was he had a, he had a podcast and kind of this branding thing he was doing called "You Ain't Got No Beats," mm. and he got a cease and desist letter from uh, from Dre's people, no, saying that he couldn't be out on the internet talking uh, about not having beats. beats. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, I would wow. be like, ooh,
1: Doctor Dre heard my podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
3: He's listening on his headphones.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to, like, You don't assist, have to comply. do you?
0: Um, did he? I mean, he did, because he don't have a lawyer. I right. Mean, you know what I mean? You, you know, <laughs> Dr. Dre's got lawyers and those infernal thermals that he wears. <laughs> 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 I'm like, bro, you're a multimillionaire with the best we can get is a black thermal every single time. <laughs> That's funny. He
1: uh, sells his company to Apple, and then he starts wearing the same thing every day. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> yeah, Steve
0: Jobs. Wow. All the ghost of Steve Jobs. But... um yeah, man, beats, uh, you know, I've always held, not always, but the more time passes, I've held that rap is 65% beats. Like, did they, that wasn't always the case. Like, there was a time when I thought yeah. the lyrics.
3: That ratio fluctuates for me. You know what I mean? So, I, I guess it depends on how dry the year is. Right. You know? Okay.
1: Not for me, but I get why people say that. Certainly, in terms of what's popular these days, you can have some just ridiculous nonsense over the, a great beat and have a song.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The but beat-
1: for me, it's like lyrics are like eighty percent of why I listen to anything. Mm, so it just goodness. it just doesn't really work for me. Ouch! At all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I felt so sad for you in that moment. <laughs> I'm a rapper. Like the things we say,
3: it's
0: terrible. Um, but
3: you you can have some like shitty lyrics and like a fat beat, and it still be like okay, and it's kind of party time music. You know uh, what I mean? Okay. Uh- just because you phrase
1: that in the exact way you did, uh, my car that I got recently has Sirius XM radio, and they have mm-hmm. like three or four hip hop stations. And the new, the old school hip hop station is like, "Hello, Cool J's."
0: Oh yeah, yeah, back,
1: yeah. Backs whatever, rock the bell. I think it's called rock the bells. Botox I say the bells. that constantly, right? Botox the bells. <laughs> talk, 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 <laughs> talk. talks the bells. Um, it, so they play DJ Cool. Let me clear my throat. 65 times a day (laughs) and uh sometimes it's the remix with dougie fresh and biz marquee and stuff which i love all those guys i hate that song dude yeah as you should i'm not at a party like i'm driving to work right now yeah it's like i don't want to party like you do i don't want to party with you i don't want you don't want to clear "Ah, your throat ah, 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 (laughs) just stop (laughs) It's so annoying. Uh, And there are just songs like that's like a a fundamental part of hip hop culture, right? Like we all know that song. We all know the sample to that song. It's just like it's a it's a it's a party record. Like it should only be played from like nine thirty to 2 30 on 6 weekend nights yeah
0: not 6 a.m commute yeah. music at all but anyway it's yeah. like that
1: is it's it's quite the
0: beat 45 king
1: hooked up a crazy absolutely. beat and then this guy screams nonsense over it and it's kind of a really early like example of what <laughs> we we're just talking about <laughs>
0: absolutely there were some i remember back in the day um a lot of people um in my generation there was this debate about can like Q Tip and Fife really rap like that was i oh uh, I'm absolutely. so glad I
1: wasn't there to like
0: yell at you all. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this idea because they the were beats it, were so great. It was it was more laid back. It was you oh, know wow. when you're looking at like a rock him yeah. let the rhythm hit him, and then you know Q Tip rapping about losing his wallet like it's yeah. people people were kind of like ah I'm not I'm not sure if they're if they're they're okay and which now just seems ludicrous right right yeah, that's
1: right. interesting yeah but. I see what you the the full framing is like it's uh, it's not all attacking the beat. It's not all like going as hard as possible all the time. Right. 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 right.
0: And having an amazing fucking beat. Right. So. So there were there were guys I think that in the early days you could ride off being an amazing rapper and Mm -hmm. the beats could be okay because the technology was Mm -hmm. catching up. Right. Um, We spoke on the last podcast about. Uh, Lauren Theory's twenty-seven and a half birthday, or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I, I really look at that as, as great as as an album it is of songs. I think cool. it is this kind of quantum leap forward for beats. Uh, Dre, definitely, definitely Dre says that was his inspiration for uh, the original Chronic. Yeah. Um, in terms of you like listen to it, he's like, I'm not gonna do anything like this. <laughs> I'm inspired. <laughs> the $20,000, uh what is it, $20 sack pyramid was directly, no. Um, but it, yeah, it's just like beats kind of, um, you know, I, I have always held that after The Chronic came out, I think hip-hop production took the forefront of of hip-hop. That's That's, for me, it's a clear line of demarcation mm. of when that record was super big yeah. and then it was like, well, just as long as you get the beat right, yeah, you know you've you've got you've got. Well, a,
3: that record is, I mean, a shining example of that. I mean, because they can, I mean, you can have even worse lyrics, oh, you know, over that and it's fine because right, the yeah. beats are great.
1: I would say two thousand one has the worst lyrics to best beats ratio for me. I think we've oh, argued about this before. That's, really? I that's up there. Actively hate a lot of the rapping on there. It's just really like misogynistic, right, and right. Gross, and just like not skillful yeah. in the way that I even think... even the original Chronic. The Chronic is so opinion. problematic. Yeah. Um. Just one last thing on the Sirius XM thing. Like, uh, it, it jumbles all the, like, eras. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's like mm-hmm. old school hip-hop, but that means a lot of different things. Right. 30 I'm years writing. of music. So when a song from the original Chronic or Doggy Style comes on, it's so much better than the songs uh... around it. It's crazy. Like, you can just hear, and I think this speaks oh, to what you're for, talking for, about, the quality. Quantum Leap mm-hmm. forward is just like holy shit this is a totally different vibe dude there's so much more stuff going on yeah. like it's like how um Pete Rock used to do those um like kind of vamps at the end of the songs where he just throw in an extra loop and yeah. it would be better than Cat's whole album totally, it's it's totally like yeah. Dre at that time had like so many ideas that there's like buried in the 23rd track is this like amazing little detail you never right. heard before right. because right. you're still discovering things from their old song anyway so yeah, no, it's, at this point. It, no,
0: but it's it's true. It's like the the game of production stepped up, and then I think, not necessarily parallel, but kind of along with that came this idea that a uh, hip-hop beat could stand on its own. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of uh, started to blossom. We were, we were talking, I think, on a previous show or in a dream about um, Shadow being, uh, DJ Shadow's introducing being kind of a, a landmark record for instrumental hip-hop, and that was when? 96. 96. So. Why hip hop sucks in 96. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. It's
1: the money. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Lyrics born in the uh, studio, ladies yes, and like... um, gentlemen. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a good way to remember what, totally. what, what was what going era, on at yeah. that time. It was like, we're kind of getting to the shiny suit era, and you have to remember that introducing is also mm-hmm. a, like a push against all of that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: And it, it, it's, it's kind of Sonic uh, sensibilities were. Yeah, a, a leap forward into beats without rhymes. Although you know, there's some smattering of of some vocals on there, sure. um, and it kind of feels like that's seems like year zero for like uh, the beat scene as a as a thing. I just kind of remember from there, you started hearing a lot more cats. A lot of it was terrible. Mm. Um, I am a fan of very skillful layered samples, but um, I also think in some ways it's kind of lazy, a little bit. Um, I I feel like for a while there, cats were just kind of getting anything over some drum crazy and and trying to call there, it. An there's a
1: post-shadow landscape of lazy trip hop. They called it. Oh, right? Okay, right, totally, right. totally. that's or at, and even acid jazz had like live playing uh, on it, so uh, that right, wasn't no, totally, as yeah. lazy. Uh, it's just it's kind of lazy and weird in a different way. Yeah. It's like a, like they're uh, you know we talked about this earlier but they're bending their back to not call it hip-hop yeah totally yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. to sell it yeah yeah i, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean that some of the like early 2000s ninja tune stuff it was just too much I mean, like matt Mose, you know yeah. the joke would be on matt Most intolerant right you know? <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> um,
2: ouch!
1: <laughs> but um i really liked some of that stuff but i wouldn't listen to it now and it's like has an um, age well Then you're getting into what was IDM, right? right. It's like you're with with the European labels, especially, you're like verging into like, okay, they took the part of shadow where it's like the part in STEM where everything's Mm -hmm. going crazy and then times that by a million. Yeah. And that's a whole different genre, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's all based in the fundaments of breakbeats.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally.
0: Yeah. And so, and so, whenever somebody would hold something to be, uh, and what I didn't like about IDM is it was (laughs) kind of held up as being, above and beyond oh i like know hop well, I mean, and i'm just like Bro, i mean just the name itself dude yeah. IDN, you know intelligent, the intelligent? Dance music yikes so it's the UDN, <laughs> you
3: know <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah so so it, it you know instrumental hip hop has kind of gone through its its phases but um i don't know i kind of think um You know, early 2000s, Dilla comes along and kind of takes the mantle from uh, the Native Tongue tribe called Quest Sound and kind of updates it. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of feels like um, that was a whole new era where people realized that, like, you could, like, really texture things. Like, you could – there was a different dynamic to the sound that you can make. And honestly, it's made for some – I think from whatever, 99, 2000 and beyond – there are some really really good records to where i mentioned this on a previous show is like um i wouldn't want to hear somebody rapping on this right oh totally like totally. I, I wouldn't want you to to ruin it so we're gonna we're gonna chop it up about some of our kind of slept on um nooks and cranny gems um of instrumental hip-hop uh Dave Ma, let's start with you. What's your? Um, let, I'll start off with one. It's an a- artist named
3: Anra, uh, Parisian-born, uh, vi- I'm, I'm sorry, Parisian-Vietnamese uh, producer who uh, for years, I, uh, I think like 2005, uh, spent time digging in um, Southeast Asia. So mm-hmm. like I believe Cambodia, Vietnam, parts mm-hmm. of uh, China as well, and dug up all these Chinese records and Asian records and Vietnamese records. And they have like these Asian timbers to them and they're just swelling and sort of weird. And he put together um, a three-part series called the Chinwa series. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but the uh, song that I want to talk about, let's listen to it. Too. Let's listen to it right here. It's called "I Want to Go Back," and it's um, you know, Honor is one of those one of those producers where like his influences totally bleed through and i actually interviewed him uh, a while back for ego trip and he said that his biggest uh, influences were R. dilla and rizza and i mean so just in the track you just heard you can totally just hear it it sounds like a fucking rizza beat it's hazy it's kind of woozy um it it it's um the foundation is an amazing loop so i mean he he kills it i'm a big fan of his work um so that's one of mine nate
1: Um, all right. I'll take it to France as well. (laughs) That's funny. I didn't even think about that. Um, so for me, there's like this huge well of places I could have gone with this. I've listened to a ton of instrumental hip hop in my life, especially when I was in college. Um, I was like really studying like rap and rap production, but I like really focused on stuff like this and, uh, I'm not going to use his beat, but, uh, DJ Frayne, who was this kind of like uh, tangential figure on the L.A. scene, made this album called Beats to Blaze 2. Oh. And oh, I've just man. never thought of like, okay. th- there were, th- like for me at that time in my life, it had this funny cartoon cover. It was on Good Vibe Records, which mm. also had Slum Village and mm-hmm. like a bunch of other oh, artists right. that right. I liked. Yeah. And I was just like, this is the perfect record for me right now. It's just like these like six or so minute songs with like goofy samples from like old like kids hobbit records and stuff right, like that great. and like just the whole naming of it the whole thing i was just like this is my life i go to class <laughs> and then i listen <laughs> to my beats and i blaze totally and I like this is it right anyway i'm not going to talk about him <laughs> uh, <laughs> so about context, i context. don't think that those beats have aged particularly well and i think he's still active but anyway i'm going to bring up um kind of so where Instrumental hip hop verges on DJ culture, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's kind of like, there's this whole genre of when these DJs, these um, DMC and ITF winning DJs, would mm-hmm. make records that right. usually ended up as instrumental hip hop records, but with a bunch of kind of busy samples on them. Mm-hmm. Right? And right. one of the people who I thought did that really well was this dude named Wax Taylor, mm-hmm. and this is probably his biggest song, um, and it's called Kesera. I, I have
2: something to tell you, Casera. Hey,
1: So, part of me, I've always really liked that song, and I've really liked, I like I like his style of production, and it's like kind of like scratching in the stuff over. It makes it kind of a collage style, mm-hmm, like a double mm-hmm. D and Steinske, but a little less busy and not a storytelling, just like adding texture. But it also kind of makes it not instrumental because mm-hmm. there's words, right? Oh, but okay. it's it's gotcha. it's like within the genre of instrumental hip hop. There aren't lyrics, kind of a wordy, quote unquote. It's not yeah. lyrics; it's yeah. vocals, right? right? But it's like scratched in anyway. So that that's that's one for me. Okay, Damone?
0: Uh, the one I'm going to throw out here first is, is kind of on a different tip. Um, I think that instrumental hip hop and the beats that have aged the best possibly are some of the things that were, um, more drum machine based. Mm. Okay. So, you know, another part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you listen to uh, some of those early rick rubin records like if i went down the street bumping it's yours right now (laughs) um it's still nuts yeah totally very much so yeah so so kind of like um you know honestly i'm an 808 junkie like i love um beats that have that kind of dimension and so a producer who's kind of updated the the boom boom kick sound um is a guy out of portland named eprom uh who you know, I would I would beckon you to check out all of his stuff, but he has this song uh, that I really like called "Can Control." Part of the reason that I really, I really fuck with this record, um, and literally have listened to it like my play count is like three hundred or something. Wow, on this joint, really? Yeah, yeah. wow. <laughs> and it's like six plus minutes long, but it's, um, it, it's the utilization of space,
1: right? So um, even when he's saying nothing, even when he's saying nothing, <laughs> beautiful
0: use. Uh, shout out to LP. Um, it's just like, uh, for me, out of coming out of the turntablism era that you kind of mentioned just I I tend to not be able to vibe with stuff that's really busy. And so if you can make something that is simple, straightforward, mm-hmm. um has the, the kind of boom kick element to it, but but somehow stays interesting and you can hear in the song there's kind of you can hear uh the spray can uh oh, yeah, being yeah, shaken yeah. and yeah. all that kind of nice. stuff. So so for me that that was that's one and I think it's it's this interesting genre that can also be corny. I ca- I call it like white people trap. Like it's like <laughs> trap music that is has no application in the trap, but it uses the same principles and dynamics of the sound. It That's has nothing so to do funny. Nothing to do with <laughs> drug dealing. I'm going
1: to be thinking about that for weeks
0: <laughs> while you're on the block here totally. in the na- in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah it's
1: like so. you put like a bagel with smoked salmon and like a box with a stick <laughs> and, like, some sparkling water and just like trap them <laughs> Oh, like,
0: artisanal written on it, it oh man pay. pumpkin spice latte just kind of left out with a box over it um damn i didn't even think about it like that uh um, yeah so so that 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 would be what am i dave what's your what's your next um left you
3: on? know my next one i you know i was thinking you know i as I love I love me a happy beat. Nothing I love more than a sort of sunny loop. That's just always you how know. I think of you. I was <laughs>
1: about to say, worry.
3: <laughs> except for except for when it comes to a nice, dark, sinister beat. So right. I I love some stuff that's just like macabre, and I'm like, you know, that makes me like drop my water glass. You know? Yeah. And um, so I'm gonna go with Controller Seven, um, mm. producer from uh, the Bay Area, of obviously um, lo- long longtime associates of uh, Anticon and um, the album is Left Handed Straw, which remains one of my favorite instrumental albums from that era and just beyond, I love it. And the track is called Yellow. And, you know, uh, what I like about that is, I mean, it's really indicative of the rest of his beats. I mean, there's like weird opera samples and just menacing um, drum programming, you know, and like washes of like some dark harpsichord. And just it's kind of all over the place. Right. But it's controlled. And it's certainly, you know, there's certainly an an attention to movements. There's certainly an attention to the way that his drums sort of crack you know, mm-hmm. and you know if there's like a little bit of like hiss or like crackle in there, it's like all purposeful. So I'm a big fan of his production. Um, so that would be my that that would be my second cut. He's underrated, totally, and uh,
1: not just because he's from our area, right? Um, I've actually met him before, but um, he. I just think he didn't want to play the game. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like he has a life, he has a mm-hmm. family, he's not really trying to, like, hustle. And yeah. He had a bunch of placements on the early Anakin stuff. Oh, totally. I feel he, like if he wanted to, he's talented enough, he yeah. could have gone, like, well, he, way he, further. He did
3: stuff with, I think, like, Sage Francis and Atmosphere and the sort of, you know, the the benchmarks of that era. Um, yeah, we. I, I spoke to him briefly. I We should get him on the show soon. Yeah, totally. Actually. I'd love to talk to him. Yeah.
1: Um, all right. I'm going to take it in a different direction. Yeah. Um, so I've mentioned several times on the podcast how much uh Prefuse seventy three's mm. uh Uprock narratives changed my life and just got me to think about it kinda it's like this fractal take on hip hop where he just like shaved everything down to these really tiny little bits and then rearranged them in right. these mm. fascinating ways and um was is just like one of those early MPC masters yeah. where you're just like, Holy shit, how do you do that? And then when yep. you figure it out, it's like Oh, wow. And it's kind of like a, an Arab music kind of thing mm-hmm. where it's like playing mm-hmm. the P- NPC like an instrument and all right. that stuff. Um, this particular song is actually one of his sunnier songs. And it's uh, the thing that always caught me about it besides just the crazy rhythms is that um, it, the way it builds, it sounds like he's like tapping a pencil and then like hitting a bottle and then like using these kind of like household mm. objects to build what turns into this insane like mm. sample pastiche. So this is 92 versus 02. Front, and then the whole, like, thing of that, of, like, yeah, drawing that's, that's from big. Yeah. The, the golden yeah. era and bringing right. it into this almost, like, kind of, like, glitch-hoppy, like, early, well, I don't know what you call it, um, era was, like, s- to me, just super cool narrative. And it's interesting how you have to use the packaging and the the metadata around your song to give narrative to an instrumental song, sure. right? Like yeah, the yeah. cover it's an EP. I think it was on Warp at the time he was mm-hmm. on Warp. It's just like the cover's so sick. Like yeah. I love yeah, this record. Totally. I love yeah. everything about this totally. record. So this is ninety two versus O two by Prefuse 73. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if this has aged super well, but to me it was just like so mind blowing at the time, and I still want people to like listen to old Prefuse Seventy Three music. I know he has a new album out and I, mm-hmm. I need to give it a listen. I kind of gave up after after a while, but um, yeah, that's that's mine. What about you, Bud?
0: Uh, so my my next one is uh, going tried and true, kind of back to to DJ Shadow. Um, I don't know if he came out before it, after maybe Nate. You can clarify this. Um, his album Preemptive Strike. Uh, it's his it second a, album. It's after it's the second one, yeah. right?
3: Okay, yeah. so and it was like Moax like tracks as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So it's a, it's more of an EP. I think there's like um, six or seven original songs. I think it's kind of lengthy,
3: but, but I, th- I think some of the songs are long, dude. Yeah.
1: And it has all four um, of the parts of Midnight in a Perfect World, yeah. which yeah. that that song is one of the centerpieces on introducing. introducing but you right. get to see like it's his whole right. the whole idea right. of it, like. Talk about having my mind blown, like nothing could have blown my mind Mm. more than Midnight in a Perfect World back in the day. Like it's it's such a stunning series of movements. And the little little gift of gab kind of poetry thing is amazing too. I just love everything about that.
0: Yeah, it was it was I think he was the first guy to really be able to do the multi layer thing, but just make it feel really, really seamless. Mm. I mean, even with some of the, the gods of this stuff, you you understood where the loop started and where it ended and there was kind of like especially in a lot of the old school stuff there'd be these jarring mm-hmm. like here is the verse loop I'm doing and here is the chorus right, right? it just kind right. of would slam in sure and uh, Shadow had this ability to kind of layer the things together in such a way that I was listening to this record uh, recently and I'm like it feels like he went and had some people play it. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, it right. really feels like... Which at right.
1: that time, he famously did not. Did not, right. yeah. He, no, like he looked was... until he found the right thing, Yeah. And which is just the dedication of yeah. that and the need to have such an extensive library to pull that off is insane. The collage
0: ability of, of Shadow at that time was amazing. What I like about this record um, that, that I'm, we're about to listen to is that... Uh, it's, it's definitely a collage, but it, it just feels so sonically cohesive and together. And it's a song off Preemptive Strike, which is 12 minutes long, uh, called <laughs> In Flux. In New
2: York
0: in so, you know, I think it's like quintessential shadow, but like, Just a little bit more uh, laid back. This is like, you know, I'm fucking reading Baldwin. and I'm just just kind of laid back. Like, it's it's not quite as hectic as some of the stuff I'm introducing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think I I really gravitated to this record and was kind of – disappointed when there wasn't a lot of stuff like that at the time yeah. right. um it was it, so it was like a groundbreaking record in that way That's so a
3: really good pick. I mean cuz he has the ability to be super textured but yet like it doesn't sound cluttered, you right. know? So it's like how how do you have 80 samples going on at once and it's still kind of breathing, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I bought was, a preemptive strike on release day and had it got a T-shirt with the cover art on it. Mm, some of my favorite dope. cover art mm. and literally wore it until you couldn't tell what it was anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> like it just, yeah, it, it, it defragmented it disintegrated. I um, that's I dope.
3: actually was lucky enough to go to Shadow's house for this uh, article I worked on for pe- for Wax Poetics. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, like right over there. Like, that's where I made a preemptive strike and hit the table was like <sighs> a turntable and a laptop. Literally. And yeah. And like and a it. It. records
0: literally yeah that's yeah and and unfortunately he was i was mean, like
3: you vacuuming around his breakfast this crazy <laughs> scene i'm like i can't believe i'm here but anyways
0: yeah it's 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 almost like some of his stuff has almost kind of been lost to the sands of time in the sense that um you know beats have come along so far uh, for a lot of these kids year zero is jay dilla and yeah. it, it, and so it's it's kind of hard, it's hard to hard. think
1: of like that, but I guess it's probably to kids. True. I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah. No.
0: Of, of the new For sure. generation. Yeah. For sure. Oh, it's year zero is Jay Dilla. It yeah. he changed their lives apparently. <laughs> um, to let the T-shirt tell right. it, uh, Who's slum village. Um, so so it's I I you know you know his last couple of records have not been my my faves but i don't think you have this genre without shadow he's oh, 100% he's,
1: there's always cuts on the newer ones though like yeah. there's like on the outsider has, which oh, like right. he was like kind of like it's like his hyphy record yeah. but uh I was gonna there's say, that the amazing soul song uh, this time I'm going to try oh, it my way. My That's like God. one of his best songs, totally. And there's so a like, good. crazy story I will tell some other time about how he found that real. And well, I was, was going like, to
3: say even on the new insane. one, um, the latest one, I think like Mountain Will Fall or something. There's mm-hmm. that. Tr- there's that Run the Jewels track. I love with the that incredible song. video. That so I mean, video so great. He's so skillful that even like on you know
0: an album that you're not totally feeling, his worst track is better than most people's
3: best. <laughs> you know,
0: true that. True that. So there's a uh, yeah. It's such a deep genre. Like I was actually hard pressed to. To lock down too. Because yeah, same. If, oh, if totally. you're going to send me to a desert island, I'm taking some fly low joints and I'm taking totally. some Dilla joints. Right. But same. I kind of felt like everybody, those are pretty well known. You know what I um, think
1: is a good instrumental hip hop album that isn't totally revered like some of these is Pete's instrumentals. Okay, like Pete Rock, okay. They're kind of longer compositions. I like them. kind um, of on the jazzier tip. It's yeah. like it's i think in the it's the it was called beat generation the series yeah, and the next yeah. one was dilla so yeah, it's totally. like that was got, got first, first Shoveled off one, right? to the side right yeah. was
0: it
3: i think so hey,
1: oh and peace P- was the second one
3: no i think that was like the i'm i don't i'm not sure which one came first but right. that one the dilla one is considered his first solo right, right. Welcome yeah. oh detroit. welcome to detroit yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and i you know what? And I'll be shot right here where I sit. But Don't even say I, I wasn't. I was not. I was not a huge. I was not a huge fan of that record. And I, I'm not. A, I'm not a super big Pete Rock guy. I understand where he sits in uh in the the mecca of hip hop. I just feel like he's kind of like a trans. He's a he's a transitional guy. There's no Dilla without. Pete Rock, right, 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 right. And right. Dill himself said that. Yeah, you know? yeah. But he he definitely was like a, a bridge. But I remember listening to that record and going,
2: nah. <laughs> <Pete>. no No <CL. laughs> Yeah,
3: Pete Rock. Though I mean, in in terms of his low end, if you're, you're if you're listening to it on wax with like a you know with, with a good subwoofer, his low end is just
0: un yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So master, I mean, it's one of those things. I master as well. of the filtered bass line, right. um, um, for sure, for sure. And uh, I mean, you know, Mecca and the Soul Brothers is, is part of my. <laughs> it's funny
1: we. Uh, My wife and I were on a road trip earlier this summer, and uh, we were driving back from like wine country north of San Francisco, and then we got to like the Richmond Bridge, which is... That's a long way. Yeah. And she's like, is this album still on? Like... Mecca and the Soul Brother is long, dude. Yeah. Like yeah. I think it's twenty four tracks. Every song's three verses. Three or four right? yeah. minutes like, yeah. each. Yeah. She was just like, You are torturing me <laughs> at this point. And I, I was good, I wanted good. to like study it. You know, it's yeah. like it's a road trip. I'm just looking at trees and water. I wanna like yeah. take in the textures yeah. of it. I've never been a huge C L guy. Like I same. I it's it, it's kind of the guru issue with me where it's like it's whoa, the same all whoa. the time. Yeah. Uh, it's like well, I, better I could than have CL. stood to hear someone else on this or get, yeah. get a different look. Listen, but from that a man perspective,
0: spat out uh, Troy and God damn it, I don't care if he ever <laughs> that does that's, another yeah. thing. That's true. Ab- absolutely perfect record. It's One. a beautiful
1: song. That is a beautiful song. There was 23 other songs. <laughs> Over like a good hour and a half, it felt like. Hey, that
0: was a hard tape, man. In the dude, tape era, you were you really that was a gift, man. We'll get you the CL
3: acapellas, dude. No. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely coming soon.
0: Um, so there it is, beats. You love them, we love them. Listen to more uh, producers. Don't make whack ones. I mean, there's quite a, there's quite a few of those out there as we, we found out with our, our beat submission. Uh, contest that we've been doing. I <laughs> uh,
1: just want to say thank you to Blockhead for joining us. Yeah. It, like yeah. he like really felt like he's just one of the fellas, even though he's such a super talented producer. Straight up, um, you guys make sure you go
3: check out that tour. And uh, yeah, man, uh, thank you for thank you for tuning in, everyone. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. On, uh, Dead bod rap pod. <laughs> uh, anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Uh, look, we don't even do this that often, but, like, you really gotta subscribe to shit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> subscribe and like, comment. rate
0: the shit. Comment on us. Check us out on on Twitter at Dad Rap Pod, where I share my rap opinions and pawn them off as Dave and me. Um,
2: one of <laughs> at my least you favorite like Milo now
0: <laughs> Yeah, one of my favorite things
2: to do. Um, so
0: yeah, definitely check us out. Connect with us. Argue with us. It's Bod Rap.